0: Welcome to Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. My name is Michael Tumlin, and I'm a graphic designer, videographer, and creative looking to learn as much as I can in all creative industries. Every week I sit down with different creatives to hear their stories, their processes, and learn how to be a better creative. This show is full of real conversations with real creatives, bringing you real advice as you navigate the creative industry. My name is Michael Tumlin, and you're listening to Creatively Brief. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 46 of Creatively Brief, a podcast for creatives by creatives. I'm your host, Michael Tumlin, and I'm happy to welcome filmmaker and photographer Edward Lee to today's show. Hey, Ed, how are you doing?
1: Hey, what's going on, Michael?
0: I'm uh, super excited. I was saying before the episode, super excited to have you on. I'm a fan of your YouTube. I'm a fan of your Instagram. I think you've got uh, an aesthetic that I really try <laughs> I try to get to as best I can, um, and, and just your ability as a filmmaker, I'm excited to dive into it, kind of get into the nitty gritty and, and kind of talk things out. So I appreciate you being here.
1: Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me. Um, I always love hopping on podcasts and chopping it up with other creatives. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm, it's always an honor to be on anyone's podcast of any size, and I think uh, I love talking with other people and hearing what their interests are, uh, sharing some of my growth and my experiences is always always fun to jam. So yeah, excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, we got a lot to get to today, uh, but before we dive into anything too deep, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your work, where you are in your career, and sort of what you do?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, So like Michael said, my name is Edward Lee. I'm a Seattle-based filmmaker-photographer. Um, this past couple year or two, I've been kind of focusing more on my efforts on the creative coaching side of things. So I'm still like, you know, I'd still do freelance work as a filmmaker, photographer, but i have been mm. kind of pivoting into like the creative coaching space. Um, so if you follow my work on Instagram or YouTube, you see like a lot of it's kind of like tip oriented or mindset based and, you know, how to help people, you know, kind of do what they love doing. Um, and then, yeah, so that's what I do with work. And then are you asking also what I'm currently working on as far as like projects or just in general?
0: I leave it open to your interpretation either, or I'd love to know what you're working on right now.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, right now I'm working on some online educational content. Cool. Um, it's funny you caught me at this time for this podcast because it's, it's been a whirlwind with my work right now, just because like. I myself have a podcast um, called Mid Combo. Shameless plug if you want to go check it out. <laughs> but uh, I was going to plug I, it
0: later in the episode. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: no, for sure. <laughs> I figured, but um, but I think right now it's just interesting time for me, just because I'm trying to do so much as a creator. Yeah. We'll talk about that, you know, down a, a little bit later. But um, right now, as far as my work scope goes, it's just a lot to accomplish. Um, yeah, as well as it's freelance. Uh, trying to do YouTube, trying to run a personal brand with like the bajillion platforms we have out now in the world. I know. Um, and also um, trying to do this online coaching stuff. but mm-hmm. I guess the main body of my work or my main focus right now currently is working on um, online educational content for emerging filmmakers and emerging content creators. So very cool. I, I feel like I, I didn't go to film school. I didn't um, I'm kind of self-taught. I feel like I've made a lot of mistakes to get to where I am and so yeah. I'm kind of trying to create a hub, create a community that, you know, people can rely on and also feel inspired to basically go from working a job or you know maybe they're already freelancing but you know just trying to get to that six-figure income a year as a content creator and also right. have time to live their life as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. And I think that's awesome. You know, I, I look at it, so I, I I think that was before we recorded, but I might be repeating myself. Uh, but I'm officially a graphic designer, right? But I'm incredibly interested in video. So I always say, uh, my first like video I ever made was me with my friends playing star Wars, like way back in the day on like a little $15 camera. Um, but I've obviously, you know, I've, I've upgraded since then I'm not still making Star Wars movies but <laughs> uh, y'all got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Those are but memories, I'm
1: man. Those are memories.
0: I know. I wish I had them. I lost the videos so. Oh, no. Dang. Uh probably for the best. Anyways, uh but so I mean that kind of like idea of like being self-taught I think is something that a lot of people can relate to. Really, just across the whole creative industry. Um, but like even me, so I went to college for design, and then I, I got out, and uh, I love design, but I really love video, and I'm like I really want to find a way to kind of do both. But the video, obviously, I didn't get a degree in that, so that self education thing and and having platforms like that is really important. Um, one, just to know that other people are in the same boat you're in. But two, you know, having a place where you can like shoot stuff over and be like, hey, anybody have any feedback? Because I know that that's like whether in college, whether in work, no matter what it is, that's like the biggest thing is just being able to say like hey i need someone to put their eyes on it because you get so deep in projects a lot of times you just lose sight of you know all all the little things that you're missing for sure yeah
1: yeah couldn't agree more
0: so looking at your kind of introduction to all of this what what was your first introduction to videography when was the first time you kind of looked at it and realized that that was something that you could do
1: um yeah definitely um so i started out as a photographer first that's okay that's kind of how i got introduced to the creative world kind of got my first camera um when i was in middle school well actually it wasn't my first camera it was my first cell phone camera and at the time okay uh i mean i had phones before this but samsung galaxy was getting first rolled out and mm-hmm. um that's when they had the slide out keyboards were like really oh yeah so <laughs> they had like this galaxy phone and they had a camera on it and everything and um, there was specifically this like low depth of field mode yeah I guess which is what we would know as portrait mode which is right like what Apple does right they come out 10 years later with old tech but re-branded <laughs> it, and it's like the new thing yeah um, so the Samsung Galaxy and then once that I kind of grew my passion I started taking pictures of everything with my phone then I got my first camera uh, my parents got it for me is a Costco kind of a bundle deal you know yeah. with the Canon Rebel T3i with the kit uh-huh. lens and then kind Of from there, yeah, the rest is history as far as photography goes. A lot of ground to cover there, but for me personally, I just feel like photography started as portraiture in, in that kind of world, you know. Right, I would take pictures of food, I would take pictures of people mainly. Um, and I'll do like senior portraits for some friends in high school, and then I kind of it was just always a hobby, it was always a hobby. I, right. I, I never I never thought it would be a full-time job. Like, it's still kind of crazy that we're even here right now. And I'm talking about this as like my career path. Because yeah. when I was in school, like, I, I thought I was going to be like in the medical field or get like a quote unquote real job, right? Um, so I just never thought this was possible. Um, but then I, pretty much when I was working at retail, so I had multiple retail jobs. And I was working at Nordstrom
0: uh-huh.
1: um, as selling women's shoes, actually. And uh, I was still doing photography as just a hobby, working there, going to college, uh, like community college. And then essentially there was a point in time where social media was starting to kind of gain some traction a bit. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always had traction, but like Instagram was starting to really grow. Uh, right. in these days. I don't know exact year. What is that? Maybe like 2015, mm-hmm. 16. It's like when brands started to really get on the platform. Like it's yeah. around that time when if you're a brand, and you're not on instagram having an account you're behind right um, and so during that boom there was a lot of brands who were starting to incorporate videos like a lot of more videos into their mix of content because when instagram started being able to post videos on their on their platform that was huge like everyone started kind of interest being interested in videography um and so yeah i just i basically transitioned from a photographer that took that eye and that aesthetic and went into video First couple of videos were absolute trash. Actually, for the first year, <laughs> for the first year they were trash. But um, yeah, yeah, I just started with car videos. Actually, a lot of people don't know that. But if you like, yeah. really, really really far back into my YouTube channel, you can see there's some car videos that like I I tried to get into that scene first. Yeah, kind of learned with like sliders and and things of that nature uh, in terms of gear. But uh, videography started to just grow from there, and then I got a job uh, at uh, Rhino Camera Gear. Okay. Which is like a motorized. They make motorized sliders for filmmakers.
0: Yeah, I think I know um, the brand. It sounds familiar.
1: Yeah, and then yeah, basically from there it just kind of took off from the yeah point. yeah.
0: That's awesome. And so then looking at sort of your your early jobs, uh, how do you think working as a social media manager, digital marketer, working in those fields, how do you think that kind of influences your freelance career and, and kind of helps you be better at content creation and just the whole the whole world that that is.
1: Oh, uh, it's, it's crazy help. Um, I went to school for, um, business marketing and entrepreneurship. Okay. Um, and they taught social media in that course. Of course, that's dated at this point with that class because social media is ever evolving. But, um, yeah. And at Rhino, as you mentioned, as you just mentioned in your question, but I was a social media manager there did some digital marketing and in terms in the context of how that helps me as a freelancer, I mean, I think personally, a lot of people may may disagree with me, but like freelancing as a creative, honestly, it has nothing to do with being talented. Like, there is not a shortage of talent out there. Like, there yeah. are a lot of talented individuals that can, you know, like you, like for yourself, like graphic designers, right? Photographers, like there are so many people who are talented at many different age ranges. The problem is most people don't know how to sustain that into a business. Don't people don't know how to monetize their skill people don't know how to monetize their talent i've met so many talented videographers that uh are filmmakers that just like are struggling artists like they don't know how to make money but their videos are amazing and so i think for me just having that background of social media digital marketing um this and that it really helps me from a business standpoint Mm -hmm. as a freelancer yeah and the whole thing of freelancing just the whole nature of that as a job you need to be business savvy. You need to be, you need to understand sales. You need to understand how to close clients. You need to understand right. client relationships. It's all the ugly stuff that no one likes to talk about in the creative process. But if you want to be a self-employed freelancer or work for yourself, those are like so much more important to me yeah. than knowing how to make a good short film. You yeah. Know what I mean? so.
0: No, I agree. Cause I mean the, when it really boils down, right. It's like you could have the best video in the world, but if you can't get people to see it, nobody's going to know. So it really is about kind of figuring out how to get that exposure, figuring out how to get the right people to see it. Um, And that's something that like I'm, I'm very interested in. I know amongst uh, other people that I guess I would have graduated with. um, I I think there's like a split. There's people that kind of go more towards that and they're more interested in that kind of side of things. And then there's people that are like, I'm here to do like my art and I want to do what I want to do. Um, there's actually a class my, so I just graduated like two weeks ago and there was a class. Thank you. There's a class I took in my last semester that I thought it was just like a fun class. It was not anything super hard. It was film production management and it was all about working on like an actual Hollywood film set. And it was really cool. Um, but one of the, one of the discussions we had to like do, it was all about what we think the balance is between like as an artist, right? You want your artistic vision to come, but at the same time you have to get funding. So how do you balance the two? And I think that's kind of the same thing we're talking about is kind of figuring out how can you, how can you do the things you want to do and, and be able to kind of have that artistic freedom, but still make money on it. And I think a lot of times that just comes from, uh, I mean, there's different ways to approach it, but I think a lot of times it's just kind of, you know, Maybe you do uh, like for you, you could do like your YouTube. Right. And that's kind of like you don't have a client telling you what to do. That's your vision for it. But then maybe you have a couple other clients that the work's not overly glamorous, but it pays the bills. So it's really you're right. It's learning how to balance that, learning how to budget properly, all those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's really a balance. It's a fine balance of freelancing. It's if, if you're listening to this right now and you are a freelancer, you're thinking about freelancing or working for yourself. I could just be the first to tell you that, or maybe not the first, that it's not, it's never like a straight, perfect road. Like, it doesn't matter what level you're at. You could be making seven figures, you're making six figures, you're making five figures, whatever the case may be, there's always going to be ups and downs from the business side of things. So, you know, it's never, that's, that's why freelancing is difficult for a lot of people, just because one month you will make the most money you've ever seen in your life. And another month you're like dry. So yeah. Of course, that's like, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but it can happen. Um, And you have to be prepared for that if that's something you want to pursue.
0: For sure. Yeah. Uh, So then what, this is a good question. I remember writing this down and thinking to myself, I've never asked this question before, but what came with pursuing videography full time, or I should swap that to make it the right thing, filmmaking, not videography, filmmaking, uh, that you didn't expect. So what was it whenever you started kind of uh, uh, getting after it, saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do freelance full-time, I'm going to do my own brand, all these things. Um, I guess what would be the biggest thing that you didn't expect that came with that?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. That's a really good question. So when you say what came with pursuing it, uh, like in what context, like from my life, personal life, from work life, or just anything?
0: I was thinking work life, but personal life would be interesting if there's something there too.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, pursuing filmmaking for me, what I didn't expect was, I guess I did expect it, but I didn't expect to see it firsthand was pretty much like how much more money there is in filmmaking.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and also what I didn't expect when I was getting into filmmaking, which was like five years ago, is was over five years ago. Um, I didn't know that video would be such a huge, huge, huge part of our social economy. uh, Yeah. Like video is king now. Like photos is dated. Like if you're not, if you're a creator and you're not somewhat doing some sort of videography, every platform, every social media platform we have is based off of videos basically now. Right. Um, And so I didn't expect that. I I knew that filmmaking and videography was a trend that it was like, more and more people are trying to become videographers or filmmakers, Mm -hmm. things like that. But I didn't know we'd be where we are now with the impact videos have and the amount of exposures uh, or the amount of brands that are trying to find people who can do video. Right. It exploded these past couple of years. And I I didn't really expect that. I I knew it could be a sustainable business. I didn't know it would be leading the pack, though. You know, back in the day... You know, you tell someone who's like an engineer, or you tell someone who's a doctor, like, "Oh yeah, like I'm, I'm a, I'm gonna become a videographer or filmmaker." They're like, "Okay, you're gonna be broke. Like, <laughs> you're gonna go pursue like some some short film idea and yeah, s- submit it to Sundance or whatever. You have passion projects, whatever. But it's like now we're on the flip side. Like there right. are filmmakers out there who are the cool people. Like they're the people making <laughs> music videos. They're the ones making movies. They're the yeah. ones making quarter mil three hundred thousand dollars a year you know making a lot of money doing this whole videography thing um, right video production so that i did not expect so yeah that's a cool thing that i i kind of took a gamble by ditching my whole like t- original college plan i was like i'm just gonna go do content creation i took a game yeah. but it kind of worked out and so that's, yeah. that was kind of unexpected
0: yeah i think and i think when you look at it uh you know, it is influenced, obviously, by social media because I it makes sense. Pre-social media, if you were a filmmaker, it's like, well, what do you do with it? You got to either get it on TV or get it in a movie theater. And <laughs> yeah. so it's like, but now you can, I mean, I look at any of the YouTubers, you know, you can start to build this following with nothing. I mean, it doesn't take anything but a camera and an idea, right? So exactly. I, I think, and then, you know, obviously phones nowadays, they have... I mean, it's not as great as some of the cameras, but it's really good compared to... They're really good though, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can do a lot with them, especially the new iPhone 12 with that 10-bit video. It's wild. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Anyways, but that's awesome. Kind of uh, piggybacking off of that though, uh, I did want to talk about leaving your job. So I found one of your videos and it it was you just kind of talking through your thought process about... uh, uh, You quit your job and decided to go full-time into filmmaking. Um, So... I guess just generally to start out with what kind of went into making this decision? What was it that kind of made you think, okay, like now's the right time. This is something I definitely want to do. I I guess what, what pushed you to go ahead and do that?
1: Um, there wasn't any like single, single thing or I didn't wake up one day. I was like, all right, it's time to quit. It it was very like slow progression. But one thing I would say to have the biggest impact for me was, um, you know, at, at my last job, I'd be in charge of, you know, working with a lot of uh, well-known ambassadors and creators, like some of the big names we know now in the YouTube world, I'd like had, had to communicate with on a regular basis just because I was working on behalf of the brand. Right. Um, And I went to a couple events in different countries for some events as well and meeting these individuals. And there's just something about youtubers specifically uh, at the time and also people who were I knew some friends who were working for themselves Mm
0: -hmm. every time I would
1: have conversations with these individuals or see them speaking on stage or or whatever getting tons of views I always thought to myself like like why why not me like why why can't I do that and it was just like I think I have a podcast on this or I've talked about it before somewhere but like I've always had that question for myself just like why not me? Like if I see someone that's like killing it or I see someone that's doing something I want to be doing, it's like, why can't that be me? Like what's stopping me from doing that? Right. And so when I, when I would see these individuals um, talk on stage or like kind of be like dropping tips on YouTube and things like that, like it got, just got my gears grinding a bit, you know, just like, why can't that be me? Why? I just always, that question, why, why, why is always ringing in my head. Right. Um, and so I think just, that, you know, compounded over several months, uh, kind of led to me being like, Hey, I, w- I want to just try this thing. Right. Um, and because at the time my age, and even now still, uh, I'm grateful and blessed to have a situation where I'm not super tied down. I mean, I'm married now, but at the time, uh, I wasn't like tied down I didn't have kids. I was graduated. Like I didn't have that much debt. Like there was mm-hmm. no reason for me to shy away from a decision like this because people, as much as people, you know, don't want to hear it, but you know, corporate jobs and just jobs in general, they'll always be there. Like,
0: yeah, there, that's true. There will
1: always be somewhere you can get hired. Like it's just, there's not a shortage of jobs. Um, you can always find a job. If, if that's, that's a big, if you have a lot to bring to the table, of course if right. you don't have that much to bring to the table. Yeah. It can be really difficult to find a job, but if you're talented at what you do and you have good experience at the time i felt like i did and i could have moved from like one brand to another brand or one Mm -hmm. brand to another creative agency or whatever i could have moved roles but like that will always be there you know what i mean there will always be brands there will always be creative agencies but i won't always have the um i don't i won't always have the willpower or i won't always have the drive that i have now to kind of pursue my own thing right Uh, let's say i have kids or let's say i you know get more settled down or know, something happens or health issues in a family member or something mm-hmm. something that requires me to be more stable, you know? Right. And I didn't want to miss out on the opportunity window. So I pretty much just sent it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, so I, I started this podcast and that's kind of how I did it. Right. I just, I, I didn't, I had been thinking about it forever and it was the same kind of an idea. Was, I was like, I have all the equipment. It's literally just sitting in my room. Why am I not doing it? And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. Um, and that's, kind of spread out into, I'm trying to do YouTube. I'm, I'm, I should say, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with YouTube. I don't know what it is yet. Um, but I look at that and then I'm trying to get on, you know, a lot of different places. I'm trying to keep the podcast going. Um, and and I think there is a lot to be said for whenever you have those opportunities, you know, and, and whenever you have that freedom that it's like right now, I don't have a lot of responsibilities that I I would, it would be the best time to do it. Um, but so I, I think, I think that's really, really awesome. I think that would make me super scared so props to you for being able to do it and uh, obviously it went well because uh, because the stuff you're putting out is awesome you've built an awesome audience um yeah. and, and kind of going off of that uh one of the things you mentioned in the video when you were talking about that was uh how much an attitude how much your attitude plays a role and I think that's just like in general so how much has your attitude played a role in being successful as a filmmaker um and I guess what would you say people should keep in mind about their attitude as they're kind of like pursuing these things
1: yeah I just want to say too, that's a good question from a podcast. I have my own podcast, so you know, but like I this that question is great because that means you did some research on me and you've you watched some stuff, which is I good. try to.
0: Yeah, which <laughs> is really
1: I I really appreciate that. So yeah. I've I've heard podcasts, I've been on podcasts where you know it's just not uh you can tell there's just generic questions, you know. And yeah, I, I think that when you ask questions like this, it's it's really good. And um, but yeah, so kudos to you for that. I just I appreciate to- it a little shout out but thank you yeah going going back to your question as far as you know the attitude aspect yeah I think it's huge and I I still think that um having a positive attitude so I used to work at Starbucks I worked Mm -hmm. at Nordstrom I worked at Zoomies all of which have zero nothing to do with filmmaking or content creation right you know every I think that I think it's easy to look at other people in life and um, think like, Oh, that must be nice. That must be nice. Or, you know, I hate my job right now or whatever the case may be, but whatever. Mm-hmm. uh, Like thing you're doing in life right now, whatever you're spending your time doing, like, there's a reason you're doing it. Like there's, right. and if you, if you don't know why you're doing it, then find a reason why you're doing it. Like, why, why are you working at this place? Why are you interested in these things? And mm-hmm. I think, when you start looking at, for example, like Starbucks, it's like, okay, yeah, I didn't like that job that much, but why am I there? I'm there because I'm a broke high school kid trying to make money. Right. right? But that's, that's like a fixed variable that I, I, it's a fixed thing that I cannot, you know, I need to make money, you know, I was. Right. School. So in that situation, once I've accepted that, it's like, okay, why, why should I be rude to a customer if I'm just having a down day on my own life, you know, right. Like they- they didn't do anything to to warrant me to be like rude to them so right I feel like just having that 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 perspective on life in general not just in jobs this has really helped me um just be more level-headed when it comes to freelancing just because i think that there's so much stressful things that can take away your attention and your and your energy in a day mm. um you got to be really like selective about where energy goes and right complaining about your attitude or thinking about your attitude all day long is super draining. Like if you're thinking about how unhappy you are in life, you're going to stay unhappy. Just right. one plus one equals two basically. So yeah, like if you're an unhappy situation, but you try to be happier, find the good in it. I feel like that right there is like the fundamental reason why freelancers are able to freelance. Yeah. Because you find the good in kind of a messy or kind of an un- unsure situation.
0: For sure. Yeah, yeah I, I know. I mean, that can, that can make all the difference, right? It's almost like you, I, I look at it as every single day you have a choice. You can get up and you can choose to be happy because you have, you know, blessings in your life, things that are going well and all that. Or you can focus on the bad. And it's like, if you want to focus on the bad, then you're just going to, I don't know, be upset all day. <laughs> that doesn't seem yeah, like a good yeah. use of time. So. There's, a,
1: there's a book uh, on that same note. Because um, yeah. I, I, what I just said too, I, I don't want people to think that's like like. okay, like, uh, it's also don't be content with being in a bad situation. Right. There's a there's a difference, right? Like you could find happiness in a bad situation. That that's a good thing. But if you're in a spot where you don't want to be long term, don't be happy about that. You know, use that as motivation, use it as grit to like move forward. Right. Because I I was reading a book called Um Uh Your Unfair Advantages. Um, okay. it's a book that I recently read. And basically it talks about this mindset called the growth the growth reality mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's really amazing because a lot of people, it's basically saying that you need to be realistic about your situation. Um, like reality, you know, you'd be realistic with the situation you're in. For example, like for me, like I'm a five foot eight Asian guy, right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to make it to the NBA. Like, right. It doesn't matter like how I could play basketball every day of my life, even from, I could have played basketball from when I was a toddler, and I could be really good on the court in some pickup games, but the chances of me making an NBA are are, it's not gonna happen. It's just five foot eight agent guys not gonna make it to the NBA, right? right. even if it does, we're talking about like maybe like a 0.00001% chance that would happen. Yeah. So that's that reality mindset that people need to have is like be be realistic about the situation that you're in and accept those cards. Now that doesn't mean be pessimistic about life in every aspect. Right. It also means that's why it's called the growth reality mindset because you need the growth aspect. Okay. That's your reality. But what is your growth aspect? Like what are you, where you want to dream big still, you know, where, are you? Right. where do you want to go? What is re what, what can be realistic in my life? Yeah. And towards that. You don't want to be too on either side because if you're too much on the growth side, you, you know, you've probably met people on this podcast uh, or they've talked about people where it's like they're living in dream world like every day of their life. They're like there's just so much stoke where they're like, e- you can do it. I can
0: do anything. <laughs> like
1: they're just so much stoke and they can just they, they just feel like they, they're untouchable just because they have so much drive and motivation. Yeah. But, but that's also dangerous because yeah. that's you get that's how you lead to burnout. Yeah, and that's how you lead to imposter syndrome. That's how you lead to like all these things that can lead you into a rut as a creative. Yeah. So for me, like that's the balance you need. You need to be realistic with your life. We also need to be, you know, understanding that you're working towards something bigger than your current situation. Right. Uh, I think that's why it's so important that you have, you know, the right attitude and the right mindset. Mindset is huge when it comes to this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. You know, I I feel like as I get older, I start I've been I've become more self-aware. And they say your brain stops developing at, I don't know, like 22, 23. I'm 23, right? And I feel like I'm starting to make these connections where all of a sudden I'm like, you know, that that like really pertains to me. And And one of the things that I've been working on is realizing that whenever I get an idea, I jump all the way in. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I do it for about a week. And I'm like, wow, I'm exhausted. And so <laughs> trying to, like you're saying, kind of yeah. be realistic. Like how much time do I have and what commitments do I already have? And look at it and be like, that's a great idea, but I don't think I have time. So maybe I just wait or, or look for a different way to work it in. Because um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like you said, you, you burn out so fast. And I, I've had, even with the podcast, you know, I tried so hard to keep it up. And for a while I was doing like, a ton of other stuff. And I was trying to do this every single week. And it just got to the point, I was like, yeah, I got to back up. And so I took a little bit of a break. And honestly, I think it's, it's amazing when you take that step back and then come back to it, like how much more I enjoyed it. Cause I was getting to the point where I was like, I'm running myself into the ground. And and I think you have to be careful of that. And and when I came back, like I said, it just, it felt different. I was like, okay, now I've got ideas. I've got different things. I'm like excited about it again. You can't take the excitement out of it or or you're going to lose it dude,
1: I, 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 um, hundred percent can relate to that. I mean, we could yeah. we could probably talk about what you just said for two hours on yeah. that, one, <laughs> that one topic, kind of not creative, creative struggle, but you know, I'm 24, um, like just basically same age as you almost. Right. And, um, for me as well, like I, I, I constantly battle with that still too. Um, so I'm not sure how, how closely you follow my work, but it's like, I've been way more MIA than I normally have, you know, like I'm not posting on Instagram every day anymore. I'm not like the podcast. I haven't posted an episode in like two months. Um, right. YouTube. I haven't posted a YouTube video in like two months. Like it's, it's very interesting for me. Cause I'm using it as like Mark. I always trying to like research myself and like, yeah, my mental health and like my happiness and my content output and like how that's all correlated And for me personally, it's really interesting because I there's no doubt that there's a social pressure that we live in now. Like when you don't post a podcast for like two months, you're like, oh my gosh, like the pressure to post the episode, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be relevant anymore. Like I need to follow an episode or like you don't post on YouTube for like two months. Like, oh my gosh, I'm not not relevant anymore. Like the YouTube gods are going to freaking like bury my account because I'm not posting, you know? And like, that that stuff is real like a lot of people feel that especially with instagram um and so for me but what's what's interesting for me and someone that i told someone that told me something and it's a concept um that's really well known chase jarvis talks about this but it's the thousand true fans you know mm.
0: what i mean oh um, yeah
1: you know that so yeah. it's like a thousand true fans and it's, for me i i've start to let go of all those pressures it's like when i start feeling like I got to do this. I got to do that. I actually don't do work. Like uh, lately I've been trying to like work out more. I've been like spending time with my, myself more, you know, just like self care, even though I'm not posting a YouTube video. It's like those things not working helps with working in a way. Yeah. Very weird. It's very weird. It's almost like counterintuitive, but also at the same time, I just know that at the end of the day, like it doesn't matter how much you post or how little you post or how, like how a lot you post people who want to ride with you will ride with you like right. that's just what it is like you could be gone for a year i've seen creators do it they will like they'll disappear for a year and when they come back like they still have a core audience yeah, yeah it might not be like all padded like it was before but you know you have the people that are gonna ride with you so right it's it's just the social media rat race is real and yeah they, they want you to be on that treadmill they want you to keep posting they want to keep you know, having you be like wanting those likes, wanting those, that engagement, wanting yeah. people to comment you. It's just, we live in a social currency world right now. And um, yeah. So basically just going to your point about yeah. that burnout is, is real and being super self-aware mm-hmm. obviously self-awareness comes with age and experience, but right. just, like you said, but self-awareness is huge. Like you have, it's a practice. You have to yeah. be very intentional about
0: being self-aware for sure for yeah. sure yeah well with that we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about maintaining your personal brand and using social media to increase brand awareness <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. So, Ed, I want to talk about maintaining your personal brand. And this is something, you know, we were kind of talking about before the break and and looking out for yourself, too. But how do you kind of um, approach the cohesiveness you have in your brand. And I say that as in, you know, you've got Instagram, you've got YouTube and all of it kind of feels like if you look at it, you recognize, Oh, that that's your work. You know, you can recognize it as that. So how do you kind of approach that? How do you set that up? Um, I I guess, was that something that was intentional? Did it just kind of evolve? What was your process like for that?
1: Um, it's a good question. I think it is intentional, but at the same time, yeah, it has evolved over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. go, I've, I'm a big believer in, um, what do you call it? Like systems yeah um, and just structure. Like I thrive off that, you know, for yeah. me, it's, I'm not someone, I'm not the type of creator where I'm like trying new things all the time where I'm like, tr- like, I'm always trying to find more efficient ways to accomplish the same thing. Right. Me, like in all aspects of my life, whether it's like productivity, my spaces that I work in my content. And so, as far as like the cohesiveness that's it's probably just an element of that in my life which is just i, I just drive off structure like it, yeah if for example, like if i'm if i'm posting on instagram i want it to feel like there's a system in place so it's like what do my captions look like okay i'm gonna roll with this type of caption all the time like mindset or longer captions or right i'm doing bts photos what do the what do the colors look like where should i be shooting what locations do those look like and then right I would inject that into some sort of system mentally where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm looking for these locations every time when I'm trying to shoot, like right. it's just easier for me mentally um, because trying to come up with like a new idea for every single post, every single podcast, every single video, it's super stressful. So yeah, um, the cohesiveness probably just comes from that. Yeah. As far as like the actual aesthetic of everything and the, and the overall look and feel of it, I find a lot of inspiration from other brands. And so um, for me i try my very best to kind of you know draw inspiration from people that i like you know mm-hmm. as far as and I, I draw inspiration not from other creators sometimes it's just straight up like random stuff like i'll yeah. I'll, grab, I'll grab creation or content inspiration from like clothing brands like just clothing brands that are doing cool things or their their spring collection color palette it's like really nice and i, yeah. I, like, I really like the color palette and i'll try to like use that as inspiration but for the most part um it is intentional though. You know, I try my very right. best to and if you go to my Instagram feed, it's I would say it's like pretty curated. Like you're not, you're not gonna catch me slipping up and posting like a burger photo of out of nowhere. You know, <laughs> know what I mean? Like it's it's curated, you know. I'm not yeah. trying to, it has to fit my feed, has to fit my aesthetic. Um, because it's one of those things where it's not just the look and feel, but I'm a big uh proponent or advocate of people who like create a digital experience for their clients mm-hmm. um and for me when people work with edwardly films whether that's through a podcast like right. this or whether that's an actual client who's paying me money for a gig or whatever the case may be when someone has a touch point with edwardly films i want it to feel like it's edwardly films right. right like they could be liking a photo they could be i could be guest on a podcast i could be doing anything i want people to feel like okay cool like that was, that was totally Ed, you know right. what I mean? Right. And that, that needs to show like throughout my whole, so I guess, yeah, the personal brand kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm pretty intentional about that, but it, it's more than just the content itself. It's how you talk. Right. Personality. Um, there's a lot of things that you can be cohesive with your personal brand. That's not just always the aesthetic portions of it. You know, a, right. lot, of, like, a lot of my repeat clientele for, for people, po- people who are trying to freelance, a lot, a lot of the people that continue to come back to work with me it's not because they can't find a better filmmaker somewhere else right that, that, there's like I, I will never claim to be the best content creator like there there's so much talent out there yeah but what i can be sure of is that if you work with me you know you'll probably want to work with me again because of just the overall experience that you had like whether that's the communication whether that's the the follow-up so that's just like being on top of it or whatever there's so many things that you know you can sell yourself on Mm -hmm. you're lacking on like the content side of things right people people think that like just because you have fire content you're going to be rich it's like no yeah you need more than that you need you need a style you need you need grit you need Mm -hmm. communication skills like you'd be surprised Um, I'm, i'm learning more into this creative coaching side of things people do not know how to communicate over email it's crazy yeah some people are like they're trash when it comes to email <laughs> communication. I mean, I'm not, I'm sorry to be like blunt to people if you feel personally attacked, but like, <laughs> like some people just don't know how to communicate professionally over email. Yeah. And when they, like some people don't have the balance. Like there's a very thin line between being overly friendly in an email and also just being like, feeling like you just got like, you know, super, like you had a bad day. Like you just yeah. had a bad day, right? Yeah, like, yeah if you use too many periods and you sign off, like, Totally serious. Like everyone's like, dude, is this guy like chill? Like, he's good. Like he, he's he's all business, right? So, right. There's a thin line there. Um, but a lot of people don't understand it. And email communication is is big. So that's one small thing, right? It's a small thing yeah. of overarching personal brand. But there's so much more. Basically, to my point, there's so much more you can focus on in your personal brand that I focus on as far as the cohesive aspect and the aesthetic. Right that leaves just the content. It's, it's like the whole picture. It's the whole experience that people go through right? When they, or when they connect with me.
0: Right. Yeah. My girlfriend is a, uh, public relations and advertising major. So she does a lot with like communication and all that. Um, and it's yes. funny, we were having a really good conversation the other day talking about, uh, branding. Cause she was in a class called power branding. And I'm like, well, as a designer, I think branding, <laughs> I think a logo. Right. And she's like, no, it's like, it's like, the words and like how you're going to do all. and she did visuals included they, they do focus on that but um, it's not like it's not like the thing right obviously so she's doing like the copy in ad campaigns and all these different kinds of things so it's really interesting to see kind of like what you're talking about like there's so much that goes into a brand it's not just visuals it's not just communication uh, it, it's not even just the product like you could have the best product but all those things have to work together for it to be successful and I think that's where you see you know big brands that's where they find their success is finding a way to and investing in that and investing in that to make everything cohesive. Because it's not, I mean, for, you know, whether it's it's Pepsi or Coke or something like that, or whether it's you, it's an investment of either time or money if you're bringing in a whole other agency. Uh, but it's important. It'll it'll make or break a brand.
1: Yeah, no. And to go along with your point real quick too on the power branding things, it's yeah. like, I I talk about this in some of my content and in my um, upcoming educational stuff. But you know, like you said, it's not just about the product. It's, yeah. it's how you package the product. It's, yeah. it's like the most important thing. You go to the supermarket. You go. To the, you go to the ketchup aisle. There's like fifty ketchups on the on the shelves, <laughs> but they're all the same product. Let's be honest. Like ketchup. Yeah. What well, What makes you grab a specific one? It's usually the branding. It's usually like just it catches your eye, or maybe right. it's the value, maybe it's the value proposition, maybe it's the price, right? Whatever the case may be, but like, yeah, for the most part. You're not, you don't go to the ketchup out thinking like, okay, who has the most fire ketchup in right.
0: here,
1: right? <laughs> like you're thinking about other things when you grab the one that you do. So right. same thing with this creator world, you know, it's, it's not just the your skills as a, as a creator, it's everything else that people see before they actually work with you. So right. that's huge on the branding side of things. And I couldn't agree more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so then I, I want to ask, so, how much of your content is guided by the brand you've built? And what I mean by that is sort of like, so you have this like aesthetic, right? You've got these systems in place and stuff. How much of the content is guided by that versus kind of separate from, it, and then you work it into the brand. I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Um, could you try one more time on that question? Yeah. Follow, yeah. So
0: I I guess what I'm saying is, uh, so you've kind of got this brand, right? So we could imagine you've got like X, Y, and Z that you consider sort of, this is the branding of, of, of you. And and then you've got the video content or the Instagram content over here. So do you try to like kind of brainstorm the content and then see how it fits into the brand? Or do you look at the brand and say, this would be an idea that fits in that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if, sure if this is uh, the right answer or if it's in the same line. But for me, when it comes to brainstorming content or just creating ideas, everything that's on Edward Lee films, to be honest, is just what I'm interested in at the moment. Like, right. It, it's never really like structured. I mean, of course I have like, I, I have certain things that come out where I'm like, Hey, like it's, this will be, I think this will do well because it's trending right now or like I, I'll create content around that. And then yes, like fit it into the aesthetic that I have with the brand. Right. Right? So it's like, if I have a TikTok idea, or I have a YouTube idea, like, like a home office tour video, right? Like I recently did one of those. It's like, how do I make that my own style? Like how right. do I make that aesthetic look the way I want it to look? But for the most part, like things like that, it's just what I'm interested in at the moment. So yeah, um, my content is really guided by what I'm inspired by at the, at the, as it currently stands. Like if you go, that's why I love making, like people don't know this, but that's why I love, if you go to my Instagram, long captions are kind of my thing. Like I love yeah. making long captions and to be honest it's because my Instagram is kind of like my journal if you actually go through there it's like and you look at the dates on there like that caption most likely is something that I'm I'm dealing with myself right at that current moment in in my life and so I, it's going to be cool to go back and, and then look back at all my experiences that I've had like in life right um, I'm, I'm not on it as much but like in 2016 and 2015 I I did this thing where I, I posted every single day on Instagram. Yeah, every single day for 365 days. That's crazy. Scroll scroll way, way, way back into my Instagram, you'll see. And each day I had it was like it was like a diary, like a diary or a journal. I would put mm. like, you know, four day four out of 365. And I would write every day was I was supposed to write something that I learned. Okay. Um, it could be about life, it could be about whatever. And but I have like, like 365 posts of like what I learned in that year. So if I go back and like read all those, like my, I'm reading my year essentially. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I don't even know how that answer just came up, but <laughs> that that's kind of um, what I, the approach that I take is just inspired, what I'm inspired by and what I'm going through is, is usually what my content ends up being
0: yeah for sure I've now uh taken a deep dive in your Instagram I got one of them mouses where you can mice where you can unclick the rolly thing and I just like it's cool oh, though yeah, to yeah. see it's cool to see how your your style has evolved too and I know in the oh, video sure. you talked about the uh adventures with an e uh, and I, I yeah. see that branding now so that that's cool yeah. to take a look back but you know uh Danny I might say his last name wrong Danny Gavertz,
1: yeah, yeah, Danny Gavertz on YouTube. I watch yeah. His yeah, he
0: he made a video uh, a little while ago, maybe a couple months back, and it was about uh, documenting your life. And that's not, I feel like that's kind of the same thing, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot. And my brother, so my brother is four years younger than me. I'm like I feel like I identify more with millennials than I do Gen Z. So like I miss the whole Snapchat thing, but he's like always on Snapchat. But he he saves things all the time, and he'll like come up to me and be like, "Hey, do you remember this?" And it'll be like a video of me, like, I don't know, screaming randomly. And and I look at it and I'm like, I'm always a little bit jealous because I'm like, he's got all these like memories logged. And yeah. so between that and then the video Danny put out, uh, you know, I, that's something I've been thinking about a lot and thinking, you know, I need to be better about that. And I think uh, one thing he talked about too that would kind of be the biggest thing for me, right, is I am, I love having like the highest quality everything. So it's really hard for me to take a picture on like yeah, the I Snapchat know. camera and be okay with it. But uh, but I think that's that's a really cool way to kind of approach Instagram um, and, and kind of have that record. That's cool.
1: Yeah, documenting is huge. I think everyone needs to do more of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to document more on my life, but it's a struggle when you're like a creative for work. Right. It's hard to get creative outside of work. Yeah. Like, further to to document, so for yeah. sure. But I, I think it's something we can all work towards for sure.
0: Yeah. So I want to transition a little bit into using social media to increase brand awareness. And we kind of touched on some of this, right? Having the cohesive brand helps and all that. Uh, But you have Instagram, YouTube. You mentioned the podcast earlier. Um, How did, I guess, first of all, how did all of these kind of develop as part of your brand? How did they sort of become different pieces? Was it sort of looking at it from a big picture and saying, you know, I think all of these things are going to help or did they kind of evolve one by one?
1: They evolve one by one for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I realized social media platforms kind of, came into my life or you know when i decided to choose each one yeah um when i just when i felt like there, i, I needed to do something that the other ones that i was currently using was not accomplishing right uh, so for example like i i started as a photographer so naturally i started on instagram you know posting photos right um and then after that when i started getting to video i'm like okay i cannot relay my messages that i want on instagram i need to get on youtube and start making longer form videos and then start right. on youtube and then podcasting too, it's just like, I wanted to have a place where I could just chat it up and just dump all my mental thoughts and not have to worry about what the photo looks like, what the video looks like.
0: Right.
1: But naturally podcasting kind of came up and I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. Given when I first started the podcast, it started as a video podcast and I yeah. have a few episodes on my YouTube channel, but you know, that didn't last that long because it's not sustainable really. Um, from like an editing standpoint. Right. Um, and just, because we can't do remote like they were like always in Seattle but I wanted to branch outside of just Seattle so I said right. you know just leave it audio only sometimes I'll do video here and there but for the most part yeah like it the platforms have evolved with my needs as a creator right um and so yeah hopefully that answers your question
0: yeah yeah for sure i it's the same for this you know i started with the podcast and i was like well if i'm doing that then I guess I need Instagram, and then I started doing that, and then I was like, well, I guess I should do YouTube now, because I have some ideas for that that I think wouldn't work on Instagram, so it's definitely, it's a process, Um, and kind of talking about that, uh, how do you avoid getting overwhelmed by having so many platforms? I know uh, one thing I've done lately, I guess, I guess I'm taking over, and I'm answering my own question for a second, but (laughs) uh, I found this cool social media Site Right. And so they like automate your posting for you. But what's cool about it is that you set up categories and it posts to LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest and Twitter for you. And it'll recycle all your content so you can tell it like basically you can upload all the stuff that you've got and it'll just like fill in all of your schedule for you. So you just tell it when to post and it picks the posts for you. I'm still kind of trying to figure out how that fits into what I'm doing um, because not all of my content is really formatted for, like, every, you know, social media site because it's all a little bit different. Um, But I do think that's an interesting thing that maybe takes a little bit of the pressure off. But what do you do? How do you kind of approach it to avoid it? Because there's so many things out there.
1: Um. My, my my truthful answer to that is I don't avoid it. Like, it, yeah. it happens all the time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm actually
1: going through it right now, to be honest. Um, I, I'm, I'm always overwhelmed with the amount yeah. of platforms that come out. Dude, like, even now with, like, Clubhouse and TikTok and all these things, it's just, like, I feel overwhelmed as a creator. I feel like I have content overload half of my day, basically, just like the pressure to succeed on these platforms is like real and I'm not even right. I'm a small micro creator still technically yeah. so Like I can't even imagine what it's like for people who have amassed a major following on right on one platform and they're like oh my gosh gotta migrate over to this one gotta migrate over right. to that one gotta have following here following there and like it also doesn't help when brands are on the same page and they're throwing cash at all these influencers to to market on tiktok to market on youtube it's like
0: right it's
1: just crazy and we live in a crazy time right now to be honest yeah. with, social <laughs> media. um and so i don't think there is i don't know i would be hard I, w- I would be interested in asking you know doing a survey with creators i think everyone is overwhelmed right now like, yeah if you're a creator you're probably overwhelmed with how many yeah. platforms there are right now like I haven't met a single creator in my space that they are all like, Oh yeah, no, I got it all figured out. Like, this right. I'm totally chilling. Like I'm growing, I'm growing equally on all platforms. Like there isn't a single person. Yeah.
0: So yeah.
1: For me, it's, it's a lot of overwhelm all the time. Um, yeah. As far as like avoiding that, um i just try to be intentional and my intentionality is huge for me i try to be intentional as i can on every platform and everything i do you know going to your point about the you know auto posting i think for like things like podcasting or if you have like a structure for something totally advantageous to do right. kind of that but i think from like a creator standpoint for like myself for example i try not to repurpose too much of my content
0: just right because
1: like every audience on every platform is different. You know, like TikTok audience is not gonna be the same as YouTube audience. Right. YouTube audience is not gonna be the same as Instagram audience. And it's one of those things where, like, you know, some people for some people it works. Um, like, you know, like Gary Vee. Gary Vee, like he, for he, sure. he has like one video, literally makes that for he like will repurpose that one video for like pretty much every platform known to yeah. me. Um, but you know, for me personally. I feel it's kind of like if you're getting a text message from a friend, you know, and imagine if like he sends you a message and it feels like he just also sent this to 10 other friends. Yeah. Like a shotgun email or a shotgun. Right, for sure. So it's like, I don't want my personal brand to ever come off that way. You know, I don't want everyone to come to YouTube, watch a video, then come to my Instagram and be like, oh my God, Ed just, you literally just like took this and ripped it off and just copy pasted it onto Instagram right like, I'll like specifically create the video in a different way that fits Instagram's format so that my Instagram audience is like also this is cool if they haven't seen the YouTube stuff or right right try to work in that way so that it doesn't come off so like I'm trying to run some sort of system here you know what right I mean? I'm a creator I just want to show you what I'm doing if I can't get to posting on TikTok or I can't get to posting it on Instagram, that's fine too. I've right. posted YouTube videos where it doesn't even go on Instagram. I don't talk about it on there just cause like, I don't feel like it fits. So I just right. it leave it there. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that hopefully that answers your question. That's how For I, sure, yeah. it, is that I just, I try to, I try my best to be intentional about all my platforms that I'm on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, before we wrap things up today, uh, I want to ask uh, if you had one piece of advice to give to a creative listening to the show, what would it be?
1: that's a good question. Um, My one piece of advice, it's probably always changing, you know, it's always changing. But currently in my life right now, if I were to give someone one piece of advice, it's that whatever you're doing right now is where you should be. Um, I think that for me, like when I was first starting out, like when I look back at my career, and I'm sure I'm going to feel the same way 10 years from now about this current moment right now. But You know, if I look back at my life, like five years ago, like all those things that I went through that I like dreaded so much, or like this sucks, or whatever, like those all made me who I am today. If I didn't have those experiences, I would not be the person that I am today. Right. So I would say, whatever you're doing, whether you're trying to freelance, whether you're already freelancing, whatever, maybe you're not even you know in content creation. Maybe you're listening to this podcast and you're totally a different field. But whatever the case may be in your profession, it's really just about understanding that the part of life you're in right now take it as an experience and understand that you're going to use it to your advantage like later in life at some point so right um and that's my probably my one biggest piece of advice because that's going to help people you know not run out of fuel in their you know tank of life i guess you know
0: yeah for sure well with that we're going to wrap up today's show but where can everyone find your work ed
1: um you can find me on pretty much most platforms just at edward lee films um that's L E E for my last name so edward lee films on you know my main platforms are instagram uh youtube and i also have a podcast as well as i mentioned earlier it's Mm -hmm. called mid Mid convo mid convo um, mid convo and i've had a couple good episodes as well on there so if you guys can want to check that out that'd be cool too but Other than that, that's really it. Ed really films everywhere else.
0: (laughs) Perfect, perfect. And as you all know, I will put links to all that in the podcast notes below. Make sure to check it out. Connect with Ed. Uh, He's got awesome content. Definitely worth a follow. Uh, Ed, thanks so much for being here. This was a really awesome conversation. Uh, Other than Will Patterson, I think you're the only other YouTuber I've had on here. And I think you guys have different uh, different aesthetics, different brand styles and stuff. So it was really cool to dive into a lot of this. I think it's a lot of new stuff. and, And I just appreciate you being here
1: dude. Yeah, no, it's it's an honor. And uh, thanks for reaching out. And I, hopefully if, you, if you're if you still listening to this on this outro, hopefully you got something away from our conversation. So yeah, stoked, stoked to be here and thanks for
0: having me. For sure. For sure. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Creatively Brief. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to subscribe, leave a review and follow us on social media at Creatively Brief. I'll be back next week with another episode. But until then, have a great week, everyone. I'll talk to you guys in the next one.